Welcome back to the Stock Market Options Trading Podcast. My name is Eric. And in this episode, I want to detail a recent iron condor trade that I just got out of and how I ended up rolling the spread. I had to move it up because the market had been going up and you guys probably noticed. Um, but I was able to do that by not increasing the actual amount of risk I was taking. And I was able to increase the probability of it being successful because I was able to recenter the spread around the current price. So real quick, there are definitely different ways to manage iron condors. So this is not the end all be all of iron condor management or adjustments, or it's not like really a strategy, but I get asked a lot about managing iron condors and you know, each scenario is a little bit different, but I wanted to just talk through this one scenario so you can get an idea of maybe how you could apply it if you like to trade those or, or maybe you're doing something different. And one thing I'll add is that, you know, depending on your time frame, for example, how many days to expiration you're trading, this may not even ap apply to you. If you're trading zero DTE iron condors, I would not do what I did in this particular trade. The trade that I took had about two weeks to expiration and I was selling, I want to say it was Delta 25 or so were the short strikes. So that was kind of the, the general parameters of that spread. I know some people like to go wider and higher probability and they like to use stops and things like that. So I wasn't doing any of that. Uh, so again, you know, iron condors, there's a lot of nuances there. So I just want to talk you through what I did. So real quick though, in case you're new to iron condors, an iron condor is made up of basically two vertical spreads. You're selling a call credit spread and you're selling a put credit spread. And the idea here is that you sell the call spread above the current price, somewhere above, out in time. And the put spread, you're selling below the price, somewhere below and out in time. And the idea is that you want the price of the underlying, in this case, we're gonna talk about SPX, to stay inside the range between those spreads that you've selected. And again, you know, spread width and, and deltas and all these things can be can vary. There's no one way to do it. It's really how you can manage it and how much risk you wanna take and also obviously your opinion of the market. Uh, volatility can be a factor as well. A couple ways that the iron condor does make money is if volatility decreases um, because you're a net seller of options. I typically don't trade the volatility aspect um, directly. I'm really looking more for price and, and a range and I try to trade around that range. Now, again, I don't think this is probably the best thing you wanna do for really short duration trades like zero DTE or maybe one DTE. I haven't really done that with this type of, of rolling. Um, I do think you could maybe apply this to longer duration spreads. So if you're trading 30 days to 45 days, kind of the tasty trade style, you may be able to apply this method to rolling your iron condor. Um, I'm going to share about how I've been adjusting mine here. And again, mine are typically around two weeks to expiration. So let me set this trade up for you that I just got out of. Uh, I think it was in early February or so. I opened an iron condor on SPX with about two weeks to expiration. And my strikes on the put side were 47.75. I sold the 47.75 put, bought the 47.70. So this is a, the wings are five wide. And on the call side, I sold the 49.25 call and bought the 49.30 uh, call to make a, a call credit spread. So at the time of the entry, I was able to get a credit of $2.15. And because the wings are only five wide, my max loss is 285. 
So I know some of you might be thinking, wow, that's a pretty high credit. And it is, if you will, because a lot of people trade farther out. I like to trade closer to the money because I, I do a lot more uh, analysis of price. So that's part of my edge is, is more than just the options uh, probabilities themselves. I talked about that in a previous episode. So the idea that I got $2.15 for the spread, my risk reward is actually better than three to two for that particular trade. Now, the thing I want to focus on in the sense of the rolling sort of example is the width of the spread at this point is 150 SPX points. That means between the short strikes, I have 150 SPX points for the spread. That's about 75 points on either side. Now let's fast forward a few days in the trade. The market was pretty bullish as we've seen as I'm recording this. Nvidia just reported earnings and the, and everything's, you know, basically crashing upwards. Uh, but the market was pretty bullish and I was sort of concerned that the market was going to go up and hit the call side of my trade. So I decided to roll the spread up and out by a couple days to basically recenter the spread around the new price because I, you know, I noticed the market was starting to break a little bit higher. And so by rolling it up or recentering it, you then have more wiggle room on both sides of the spread. Now, the problem that we tend to face when rolling, and this can be for credit spreads too, is a lot of times if you try to roll the exact same strikes and just roll it out in time or roll it up, you're gonna end up having to pay a debit. And that's not really what you wanna do if you're a, a credit spread seller or whatever, you, you know, you're, you're net selling, uh, you're receiving a credit. When you roll for a debit, basically what you're doing, the debit is reducing the amount of profit that you can make. So if I sold um, this spread for, let's say it was $2.15 and I decide to roll it up, I don't wanna pay a 50 or 75 cent debit because that's going to pull out of the max gain that I have. So instead of a you know $2.15 gain that I could potentially have, it's gonna be reduced by whatever that debit is. So long story short, if you have to roll for debit, it needs to be very small or you need to consider something else. That's kind of my take on it. I always try to roll for break even. Now, with that said, I have in the past rolled for debit. I'm gonna go back against my, uh, my ID here, but that's because I get really high credits, right? So if I'm getting a $2.15 credit and I rolled for a 15 cent debit, I still have $2 in credit. So to me, that's okay. But if you're getting a dollar credit with $4 of risk, I wouldn't want to roll. I wouldn't want to reduce that risk reward any further than it, always, it already is. If it's four to one, then I'm not going to increase my risk by, by rolling for a debit. So again, if you roll for a debit, you're basically increasing the amount of risk that you're putting on and you're reducing the amount of profit that you could potentially make. So one way to be able to roll the spread up without increasing that risk and try to keep that risk reward the same is basically to narrow the spread. Now, I know some people like to widen the wings because if you, if like we started off uh, with the spread with five wide wings. So if I roll it up and I, I change my wings to 10 wide, I'm gonna get more credit and I'll be able to roll it up and maybe keep the same strikes. But at that point, I'm... Um, I'm adding more risk or buying power needed for that trade. So I don't want to do that. I don't want to increase my risk if I don't have to. So by rolling the spread up and narrowing the spread, meaning not the wings, but the width between the short strikes, 
you usually can roll it up a little bit and roll it out maybe you know one expiration or so and you're able to do that for a credit but you have a slightly more narrow iron condor at that point so back to my example the spread that i had was the short strikes were 150 points wide i was able to roll it up for break even by narrowing the spread a little bit. So I did this by rolling up the put side 50 points. I got a 50 cent credit for the put side and I rolled up the called side by 25 points for a net debit of 50 cents. So I was able to maintain my risk reward, that $2.15 credit with the max loss of, of 285. So it's you know what's called a three to two risk reward. I was able to maintain that and recenter the spread for basically nothing other than the commissions uh, for the actual uh, you know transaction. So the final spread that I ended up with was now only 125 points wide. So I started with 150 point wide spread, meaning the short strikes were 150 points apart. And I ended up with 125 point spread, but I was able to recenter that. So even though the spread is a little bit more narrow, if you will, I think it's totally okay. And, and here's why. The reason that's okay it's because basically there's less time in the trade uh, than the original opening, right? So if you think about, let's let's talk about the expected move for a second. As I'm recording this, the expected move for SPX over the next two weeks is about plus or minus 85 points. So if you add those together and you let's say you were going to sell at the ex expected move, you would, um, and you had 85 points on either side of price, your spread would be about 170 points wide. Now the expected move for SPX over the next seven days or the next week is only plus or minus 60 points, which means it would only be 120 points wide. So if you're starting out with a 14 day spread like I did, and then it gets down to seven or eight days, like I don't, it wasn't quite half and I rolled it out and I think I had eight or nine days left, the, it's natural for that spread the expected move or the spread to be a little bit more narrow because there's less time for the market to make a giant move. So the way that's kind of how I think about it, like I'm okay with narrowing the spread a little bit in order to improve my probabilities. Cause remember if your call side in this case was looking like it might get tested, even though I'm narrowing the spread and it's not as wide by recentering it in my mind, I am improving my probabilities by recentering the spread and I'm not adding any more risk to that. So I'd rather have a, a spread that's centered. That's a little bit more narrow than a spread that's really wide. And one side looks like it's going to get tested. So hopefully that makes sense, right? So how did the train turn out? So I ended up closing the iron condor. I, I rolled it and I ended up closing it for a net debit of a dollar 40. This was about 30% of the max gain, which I was totally good with because considering that I had to roll it and there was this bullish momentum that seemed to be sort of bubbling up with the market and that might just keep going. I was totally fine with getting out of that trade and getting out of the, you know, quote unquote, Delta neutral. And again, this is just one example of how you might be able to roll an iron condor um, if the market conditions change. The, the decision-making on that was, you know, more of an, technical analysis type um, decision where it looked like the market could go higher and there were some catalysts going on um, with Fed and inflation and those type of things. So it was just a little bit too close for comfort. So I wanted to recenter that spread. Now there's a lot of other variables that you can consider, as I mentioned before, 
Um, shorter duration spreads tend to be harder to roll. So just kind of keep that in mind. Now, I hope that example sort of helps explain one way you can roll an iron condor. Again, the general takeaway that I was trying to get across in this episode was that if you can narrow the spread and roll it up or down, depending on you know what your situation is, you might be able to roll it for break even and you're not adding any more risk or buying power to the spread. And that's one way to improve your probabilities is by recentering it without adding more risk. So that was kind of the takeaway I wanted you to get. Now, I know this can be hard sometimes to digest or even explain this stuff in an audio format like this podcast. But if you have any questions, stop by the website, send me a private message. I'd love to clarify anything for you. Um, If you head over to stockmarketoptionstrading.net and come say, hey, I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon. 